Before we begin, I just want to give you a little warning. If you are listening to this with littles around, you might want to pause and wait and listen to this with headphones or on your own later. There's nothing really too crazy in this, but I do talk about uh, childhood stuff and trauma. And there, as a trigger warning, I do mention um, suicide. So just be aware of those two things. Uh, So let's go. Welcome to Motherhood Makeover Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Faust, mom of two boys and certified nutrition coach and personal trainer. I help busy and overwhelmed moms, is that you? Make self-care simple by focusing on the five foundations of health and wellness so that you can feel your best and love who you see in the mirror. Hey there, welcome. Today's episode is a little different. I am going to share more of my story. So if you listen to episode one, I go into my story about food and why I'm so passionate about helping moms feel their best um, physically, mentally, spiritually. And today I'm going to go deeper into more of my story and why really help you understand why it's so important. And then My hope is just that I know there's other moms out there, maybe you, that have experiences like this, that had a childhood like this, and maybe you struggle with anxiety, depression, overeating, just uh, different symptoms, and you're not really sure where it's coming from. And so I share my story in hopes that it can help someone else out there and help them become a happier, healthier mom. So yes, so thank you for joining me today. (sighs) Okay, so for as long as I can remember, food has been my comfort. You know, food is my friend feeling when I'm feeling sad, safety when I'm feeling scared, or even celebrate like a reward for celebration or feeling happy. For a long time, I never made that connection to my emotions uh, directly probably until like 31, 32. Uh, it definitely therapy is the one. It all clicked when my therapist suggested that my childhood is why I may have a, my binge eating uh, disorder. And that's why I have that struggle. And I used to say that I didn't have a bad childhood. I could have had it so much worse. My parents provided. I have nothing to complain about. And even saying that, that I was denying my feelings and my true self. Children just want to be seen, heard, and understood. And maybe you've heard that before in your parenting journey. Going through my parenting journey, my older son is two now through the past two years, learning that as a child, a lot of times I did not feel seen, heard, or understood. I felt alone. And that's kind of part of what led me to seeking food. You know, as a child, I remember praying that my parents would get a divorce. And I don't really know of any other child who could say that they prayed to, for a divorce. And why would I pray for a divorce? There was just so much fighting in the house. And even though they tried to hide it, 
like the sound traveled so well if they were in the basement i remember i just have this visual memory hearing them fighting over money and being upstairs and just hearing it clear as day like i was in the room and it got so bad that i i want to say it was like second grade i was threatening to run away and then i was threatening to kill myself and at the time i don't know if i exactly knew what that meant I just remember writing it on this binder that I had and like I don't know why the binder was never thrown away but I remember finding it years after as like a reminder of this period that I went through and I had to go to therapy and I just remember being in the therapist room asking why my dad did not have to come and being told my dad is an adult he doesn't have to go and thinking that it wasn't fair that he didn't want to take responsibility for any of the situation. You know, my dad could not control his anger. He was threatening. He never hit us, but there was just this temper that you'd be walking on eggshells worrying what's going to upset him. And he was emotionally unavailable. Like he was living in the house, but never really there. Um, Looking back on it, I feel like my mom was sort of a single parent most of the time. I remember my mom taking me into the basement asking him to drive me somewhere and he just flat out said no and all he was doing was watching tv and it made me feel so unloved so uncared for and it's just little moments like that and because of the anger you know I was expected to be the good quote-unquote good girl I'm sure maybe you listening also experienced that I was yelled at when I didn't follow directions. You know, I had to listen to authority, follow the rules, not question anything. My opinion was wrong. It wasn't valid if it didn't match what the authority figure's opinion was, whether that was a parent, teacher, police officer, doctor. So basically my reality, my feelings, what I was experiencing was denied. I was told I was wrong. It wasn't right. I was overreacting. I shouldn't I was a crybaby. I shouldn't be crying. So, like, so I just didn't have any. I started to lose touch with my own emotions because I was told they were wrong. And I felt trapped and unprotected in my house. And safest when I kept to myself. Food became the way to help me keep my emotions in check and to feel safe when I couldn't leave. You know, some people growing up have like a a friend's house, a family member's house nearby they can go to. I didn't have that. Or at least I didn't have any place I felt safe to go to. So I felt trapped a lot. So I would stay in my room and food became the way way to help me feel better. Uh, So I wouldn't, you know, upset anyone with my emotions. And with any drug, the more you have, the more you need to get the same feeling over time. So over the years, I became a secret binge eater. Um, I would need more and more sugar to feel to suppress those emotions, to feel that same feeling. And so it led to having to binge eat sugar to get that same sort of better feeling high, so to speak. And it didn't matter. It didn't help that no no matter how perfect and good I tried to be, like it was never good enough. I didn't, still didn't feel love. You know, I was taught, oh, if you listen to the rules, you behave, you follow this path in life, life will work out. It'll be perfect. And it just never was. And it was like, no matter how good I tried to be, I felt like the black sheep of the family, even though 
like no one necessarily treated me that way. That's just how I felt. You know, from zero to seven, you soak everything up like a sponge and it creates your subconscious. And so I was soaking everything up and it made me feel like I was the black sheep. I was doing everything wrong. I certainly have good memories from childhood, but, you know, all these negative ones, the ones that take the forefront in my brain and now that I'm realizing are the deep triggers for how I act today and the emotions I experience today. Example, so my big trigger now that I have learned over the past year is feeling trapped because that's how I felt in the house growing up. And now with COVID and everything and being on lockdown last year, I felt trapped again, not being able to go anywhere. And we didn't, we're in an apartment, so we didn't have a yard or any outdoor space. So I really felt physically trapped. And I saw those binge eating habits come back, especially because I was pregnant. So it didn't really help the matter with my hormones. And so I started to eat more because that was my coping habit back then. And it became that way again. And... I had this moment, we went to vacation recently in Florida and I had this moment on the flight that made me, I realized it was the same thing that triggered me. We were on the plane, it's still in the era of wearing masks. So I had a mask on, but I had my 10 month old on my lap. I was trying to peel a Clementine for him because he was being so fussy. And the mask had slipped down beneath my nose, but I clearly have like a baby on my lap, two hands peeling the orange. The flight attendant who's like collecting trash is walking towards me and stops right at me. And I don't look at her. I'm trying to focus on this orange to get it done. And I look up. She literally stood there, didn't tap on my shoulder anything, just stood there until I looked up and then goes, you need to pull that mask over your nose. And I was like, sorry, I'm doing something right here and tried to pull it up and it fell down right away. And she goes, if your mask won't stay up, I'll get you one. It has to stay over your nose. And I just was like, I said back to her, I don't need a new one. I'm clearly trying in the middle of trying to do something. And I realized the reason it felt me so triggered is I felt trapped because I was on a three and a half hour flight with a 10 month old that was wiggly and squirmy and all over the place. And on top of it, I felt like I was literally trying to do the best. Like as a mom, I felt like I was trying to do the best that I could. And... The flight attendant did not even try to acknowledge that I was doing the best that I could, that I had the mask on. I was in the middle of something. I put it back up over my nose and I looked to my right and in the row next to me, there's a dad sleeping with the mask below his nose and two boys who one has the mask all the way under his chin and the other one doesn't have a mask on and she did not say anything to them. So it was this flashback to childhood where I'm literally trying to be the good girl. I'm trying to do everything possible, do what I'm told. I'm trying to do the best that I can. And I'm getting yelled at. I'm getting yelled at. I'm not even, no one's acknowledging that I'm trying so freaking hard to do the best that I can. It was not being acknowledged. We see the work you're doing, this and that. And instead I was getting yelled at for getting A minuses. I was getting yelled at for not doing certain things, even though I was doing the best that I could. And that is how you, how my trigger affects me today. It's this, like that trigger sent me straight back to childhood. And all I wanted to do after that point was eat food. And I probably did eat more. I'd eat past my hunger cues. Like, and we didn't have much food with us. So I was like eating pieces of bread that we had. And it's just that reflection that your childhood can affect you today, even if you don't realize it. I think before I had done all this work, I would not have realized 
why I was so upset by the flight attendant making that comment. But now I realize, but I would have just been like, oh, I'm upset not connecting the two. Now I can connect the two and realize that's just kind of a subconscious response to my childhood. And I can like, now I have steps to like take deep breaths, do some breath work. If I'm not physically trapped, like on an airplane, I can get up and go for a walk. I can do things to help me move through that feeling instead of suppressing it and just stuffing it with food or, you know, mom's like, sometimes it's wine. And I just want to share that because maybe you have been lashing out at your kids and you don't know why, or you just, your anxiety has gotten worse and you don't know why. Maybe you see yourself in some of my story and it can help you. And where this all ties back into my story from the first episode is that, you know, I was trying to be this good girl, follow rules, be nice, listen to authority figures. So I was doing all these things, but I still didn't feel like it was like things weren't working out the way that I had expected. So I began to believe that messages that my body was the problem, that I wasn't skinny enough, that I wasn't pretty enough. That it, because I was nice and doing all the things, being the good girl, it had to be something else. And you know, those stories, those messages that I was receiving was like in middle school, you had to wear a color bathing suit that was based on your size, which is, they stopped it by the time my sister, who's five years younger, got to middle school. But at the time they provided bathing suits and it was based on size. So it was like red, green, and blue, I believe. And the first year, sixth grade, I remember being like one of two girls who was in the biggest size. Let's call it red. I don't remember. It was like red or something. It was being so embarrassing, so shameful that I was in the biggest size. And then in gymnastics in middle school being called Jigglypuff, you know, the pink, pink, big Pokemon. And just these comments that reinforced my belief that I was not good enough. I was not, my body was the problem. That was why I didn't have the happiness and the love and the acceptance that I was looking for in life. You know, it didn't help my... Uh, binge eating cycle. I didn't have ways to cope with stress. I wasn't taught how to cope, handle emotions, cope with stress. I just was taught I need to stuff them down. And it made it worse to the point where I remember I was a senior in college. <laughs> Fun fact, president of my sorority, so much stress that I would go to the grocery store and hope that I wouldn't see anyone I know because I'd be buying a whole thing of cupcakes with the intention to eat the whole thing of cupcakes and it would fuel this shame cycle where I felt shame for something, stress, whatever the emotion is going on in my life. I would eat to feel better. Then I felt more shame for binging again and then it would keep that cycle going that I just felt that I could never break. I used to pray. I prayed for years to God to take away my addiction to food and to let me lose the weight and get so frustrated when he never seemed to answer that prayer. I mean, looking back on it, I see why I wasn't actually trying to release control of the things I was trying to control in my life that was causing me so much stress and anxiety, among other things. But it's just that's how bad it got. So this is what led me to my health, my nutrition journey, leading up to me eventually hiring my nutrition coach who helped me learn how to actually eat to nourish and support my body 
while also achieving the goals that I had as far as weight loss. I just think this part of my story is important to share for two reasons. The first reason is that maybe you haven't made the connection to your childhood or trauma you have experienced in regards to uh, your eating habits or how you overeat or binge eat. Uh, you know, we were, I was taught growing up that trauma is more, you know, physical, sexual abuse, uh, being homeless, like really severe traumas. And so I didn't think I experienced any trauma. Well, now the research is showing that you can experience trauma on all different forms. A trauma to use basically just any time your brain did not feel safe. So it shoved, it basically put you in survival mode. So that's, it could have been like you just losing your parent at the grocery store. It doesn't have to be like a big trauma. It could just be little things that to your brain were very scary and traumatic. And those can affect you even in your life today if you don't heal from them. And there's another thing called, tied in with that, there's a couple different things I've heard it called. I listened to a podcast where it's called CEN, Childhood Emotional Neglect. Uh, there's also C P uh, PTSD, so complex PTSD, where instead of it just being like one event causing the PTSD, it's a recurring event over and over generally in childhood, uh, in the brain, when you do brain scans on someone with CPTSD, it is, it mirrors regular PTSD. I haven't gotten a brain scan at this point to confirm whether or not that's what I experience. Uh, I would guess that I do have some form of it. And this is where finding a trauma-informed therapist can be very helpful for you. Not all therapists are trained well in this and talk therapy doesn't always heal through trauma. So you might need to look for other resources and other types of healing through more trauma-informed therapists who do have other methods that they use. The other reason why I am so passionate in my work now is when I became a mom, I didn't, it took me a little bit to realize that I was following the patterns that my mom that I watched her go through without really knowing it. It was just subconsciously. I watched her, when she became a mom, let herself go and focus on everyone else and spending money on us, but not spending money on her, not taking care of herself, not getting her hair done, only using box dye, not doing all these things for herself because it wasn't deemed as important. And I know it's not just, her. it's like every mother. I feel like that's why as moms today, it's such a recurrent theme is because it's passed down by generation. And so many like thousands upon, probably millions of mothers do the same thing because that is what was taught. That moms take care of the house, they take care of the children, they do everything. And they are not important, they come last. But what that does is our children see as we do, not as we tell them. So even if you are putting your child first, telling them, but you're, and you're telling them you need to take care of yourself. Women have equal roles. Uh, if you have boys, you might be telling them, boys, you need to take part, equal part in the household as well. What they're witnessing is the mother, the wife, the spouse, the, the female role in the family is to take care of everyone else, put everyone else first, 
and not take care of themselves. And that's just what it is. And I realized when I became a mom, I was starting to follow these same patterns, putting everyone first, making sure everyone else was happy. And we're taught that our role is caretaker and people pleaser. Or maybe that's what you experienced like I did growing up. You have to people please to be safe, to, you know, to feel secure. We have to be the ones to break these generational, generational patterns. You have to be the one to break those generational patterns for your family. It's not easy. I mean, I know it's not going to be easy. It's not easy for me. And I have no idea when my family listens to this podcast, how they'll respond. But I'm prepared for the worst because I know I need to do this to change lives and to break these generational patterns and release the shame from my life for good. And... If you feel the same, I want you to feel empowered to do that as well. It is 1000% worth it. It will be hard. It will be challenging. You'll have to learn how to feel your emotions again, learn how to create a new dynamic in your family, making time for yourself. But I promise you, it will be so much better on the other side. You will be a happier, healthier mom and it will be worth it. And I think this is a great place to end. I, If this resonated with you in any way, you see yourself in my story, I would just greatly, greatly appreciate if you send me a DM on Instagram, send me an email. Instagram is at Kristen G. Faust. Or just send this to another mom that you know that might need to hear, hear my story uh, because she's in a similar situation. And I just want you to feel empowered that you can create and have the happiest, healthiest, wealthiest motherhood experience that you desire and dream of. And I hope you have a beautiful day.